Pastor Daniel, as he comes to speak for us. Good morning. Um, if you could turn in your Bibles to Psalm 33 to get set up here. Psalm 33. Um, uh, there's this one pastor named David Platt. Um, he says this, um, that the greatest need that God says we have in the book of Job um, in the face of personal tragedy and immense suffering is not explanation, but revelation. And I pray that th this morning that would be the, our, our, our hearts, our church, um, that as we have these floating questions um, in our minds, questions that, that I won't pretend that I have the answers to, um, that we would submit and quiet our minds to the word of God. And that as the Spirit reveals more of Himself, more of, of truth, um, that we would find a supernatural peace, supernatural hope, and that God would grant us the guidance and the direction as we seek Him together this morning. So let's read from Psalm 33. So sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise Him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to Him on the ten-string lyre. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all He does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of His unfailing love. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. Their starry hosts by the breath of His mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it, stir, it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he, choose, he chose for his inheritance. From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on the earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear Him, on those whose hope is in His unfailing love, to deliver them from death and to keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In Him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in His holy name. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord even as we put our hope in you. Let's pray. 
Father God, you are the author and perfecter of our faith. You are the God of true comfort, of unfailing love and sustaining peace. God, we come to you with broken and burdened hearts that are in need of your mercy. Would you send your Holy Spirit to mend our hearts through your word? Sovereign God, would you show us how to respond in our times of despair and uncertainty? God, would you be our rock and our foundation? We look to you, God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. In the light of the, the events um, that happened this weekend, it seems so long. Uh, it, it seems like it's been so much longer than, than two days. But I don't want to trivialize the pain that our congregation is going through. Um, in the midst of this uncertain time, not knowing where our brother Joshua is, we are called to rally around him in prayer. We are called to fast and and seek him who can save him. We are called to step it up as the body of Christ. The chosen church. We are not only called to pray for Tico and his family, but to pray for the kingdom. To pray for the work that has been done in Ecuador, for the hearts of the team. For even our church and our hearts. As we send the team, as we do all these things together as a church, as we unite together as one body, we ask this question, how should we respond in this time of darkness? How, what, what, what do we do now in this time of uncertainty, in this time of trials, in, in this time of pain? And as hard as it may be, I believe this psalmist is telling us, that he's calling us to worship. He's calling us to worship and to trust in God. The psalm starts saying, Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise Him. Praise the Lord with the heart. Make music to Him on the ten-string lyre. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. This is what sets us apart from the world. And when everyone else is just mourning and grieving and asking why, we as Christians, we worship. We have a hope. This is what sets us apart. We come singing in obedience because the word tells us to do so. Over and over, the Bible tells us to sing, worship, to, to, to lift our voices. We are called to worship in times of joy and in times of pain in times of suffering, and in times of shame. Through the ups and downs of life, through all circumstances, we are called to worship. Not because we feel like it, not because of, of any other circumstance besides the fact that God tells us to do so. He gives us the words. It may be different tunes, but the themes are all the same. That God is a God who redeems. God is a God who saves. And there are many moments where we don't even know what to say. 
And we sing these songs together. And he gives us these words. And so we, as Christians, we are called to sing and to worship. And why do we worship? Verse 4 and 5 says, For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. It is by no coincidence that the psalmist puts this first. The first reason to worship is because of the character of God. That he is just, that he is righteous, that he is true. We must lay the foundation with this. And build upon that for if, if that isn't solid, if, if, if we don't trust in that, then the rest of our faith will crumble. Above all things, we trust that God is faithful. We trust that God is right. That we trust that God is true. We trust in his unfailing love for us and for Tika. So we worship because God is God and we are not. The second reason to worship, as, as the psalmist goes on, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters into the sea, of the sea to the, into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. We serve an almighty, powerful God. We worship him because he is so. We tend to forget in our trials and our, in our circumstances that this is a God who is mighty to save. We must place our trust in that. We must worship because he is, because he can do what, what he claims he has done, that he has created the whole earth, that he has made the foundations uh, of the world, that, that he has called us, each and every one of us, and knows us by name. And so we worship by the character of God. We, we worship because of his power and because of his word, that he speaks things into being. And then verse 10 and 11 says, The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. We trust and we worship because he has a purpose. In the midst of all this, he has a purpose. I wonder when we'll be able to look back at this point in time and say, man, God, move through the prayers of our people. God really rocked up our hearts. But his plan was so much greater than we thought. I see the amount of praying and fasting and, and even through this next week we'll continue to do that until Tico is found. But I, I, I just wonder what God is, is doing 
how God is moving. And we already see the glimpses of this glory. Last night, um, Pal and I got to uh, chat a little bit with, with Pastor DL. Um, and even as he shared in, in his, um, his note to us, um, he was mixed with so many different emotions. Um, but one thing he really emphasized was that he had this hope. He had this hope for something so much greater that will happen through this. And he said, even now, as the locals in Ecuador, um, as they were so affected by our team, so blessed by our team, and so impacted by our team, that as they are praying, as they're organizing the search um, to look for Tico, um, through the, throughout all hours of the day, um, of the daytime, and um, that even now, DL is seeing just um, just revival happening in those hearts, and, and that there is something greater going on, and we see, um, you know, even last night as as people poured in here to to lift up our voices to God to intercede on behalf of our brother. We see the church coming together and seeing the desperation of the situation. We see the church stepping up. And I, I just know that God has a plan and a purpose for us. In the same light, I was chatting with one of our sisters here, and she was encouraging me Friday night as I had no idea what I would share here um, when I was preparing uh, my message. And we're basically discussing the contents of Romans 8.28. Uh, and it says, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And, and she reminded me, and she was just sharing from her heart, how she was reminded that what we want isn't necessarily what is best. Uh, what, what we want isn't necessarily what is good for, for us. That God's plan is so much greater, so much beyond our, our scope and our view. And that God is working and working and working for the good of those who love him. For the true good. And our church, we, we have a, a revival and a, and a rally coming up. And I really wonder how God will redeem the situation, how God will use this to fire up a desperation for revival in our church. So as we are called to worship him because of his character, because of his power, because of his purpose and his plan, we are also called to trust in God. And the psalmist starts off with the reasons first. Verse 12, he said, Blessed is the nation who, whose God is the Lord, the people he chooses for his inheritance. From heaven, the Lord looks down and he sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on the earth. He forms the hearts of all who, consider every, who considers everything they do. We trust because he knows and he sees. We don't have a God who is out there and that says, hey, you guys can do what you want. 
we, we have a God that sees us in our times of trouble. A God who came in the form of man, giving up his glory so that he can go through our very same trials and tribulations. The suffering and the pain that we are going through. That he has gone through it before us. And that he has conquered and paved the way for us to return to the God that loves us. He knows exactly where Tico is. He sees where he is. And even now, I believe he's sustaining him. Even now, we believe that he is with him. And we trust in him because he knows. We also trust in him because, quite frankly, we can't trust in ourselves. Verse 16 says, No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We trust him because our strength is not enough. We trust him because our neighbor's strength is not enough. We trust him because our family's strength is not enough. We trust him because we can't do it on our own. Because if our hope is in ourselves, we will fail ourselves. He is the only one who is trustworthy. The only one. Then he gives us this charge, this encouragement. Verse 20, it says, We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In Him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in His holy name. He is our help and our shield. God did not spare anything when He came to our aid. In fact, He gave everything. He gave His one and only Son. Jesus to protect us, to shield us from the rightful wrath that we deserve. He paid the price for us. That is why we rejoice. That is why we worship. That is why we can trust in a God who is mighty to save. A God who has overcome death. A God who has overcome the grave. A God who has a far greater understanding of what is to come. A God who has a far greater heart of compassion than we do. A God who has a far greater love than we can ever experience here on this earth. A God who has a far greater plan than we can ever see for ourselves. This is the redeeming story. This is the gospel that we are just a sliver in the great, grander picture. And he says, may your unfailing love 
Rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Our hope is in Christ alone. The only one who truly saves. The one who truly loves us. The one who truly loves Tico. We might not be sure. We, we can't tell whether Tico is alive right now. But one thing we are sure of is that he is alive in Christ. He worshipped and trusted in Christ. And he was serving according to the faithful plan and purpose of God. And we know one day we will see him. For that is the hope that we have. One day soon we will see we will see him. Either we will see him return home to us, or we'll see him welcome us to our true home. But until we know, I believe this is a challenge for us, a challenge for the church to pray, to seek the hand of a merciful God, to seek his heart, to pray to the God of miracles, a God who can do all things. So I'm going to invite the worship team up here. We just want to take some, some time to really pray. We want, we want to intercede on behalf of our brother. We want, to, we want to lift him up. We want to lift up the family. We want to lift up all the pastors out there. We're going to respond in some songs. And, and, but, but as of right now, let's just take a moment just to quiet our hearts. Let's cast aside all the fears all the doubts, all the questions in our minds. And let's say, God, in this time, we don't have anything else to cling to but to worship and to trust in you. Let's make that our prayer. This week, we, we encourage you to come join us at 7.30. It's not going to be anything extravagant. Um, just a time to pray. Time to lift and seek the Lord together. To worship together and to trust together. A time for the church to be the church. And so as we pray... As we respond in song. And afterwards we'll open up a time for us to pray together in groups. And yeah, let's just be encouraged. God is, God is challenging us. This is what the church looks like. Come together as the church.
Let's seek him together.